Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. What is up, Radiant Church? Come on, can we take a moment and worship God? Is there something you're grateful for? Is there something you're grateful for? Is there something you're grateful for? Praise God. Good to see you guys today. I am excited. We are one church in multiple locations because for the local church to be effective, it has to be local. And so I want to welcome all of our locations. What's up, South Tampa? How are y'all doing? Church online, listen, if you're watching online, go ahead and type in where you're watching from. Want to welcome St. Pete Heights. Clearwater, North Tampa, of course, Brandon, and I am so excited. Are you excited for what God is going to do with our West Chase location? Come on, are you excited for that? So excited. I want to take a moment to uh, honor our lead pastor, Pastor Aaron and Katie Burke. We're just so grateful for you guys. Come on, can we honor them? Aren't you grateful for them? They're, they're neighbors of ours just by a few blocks, and uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, sometimes Pastor Aaron takes the kids in a golf cart to my home. I don't know if he's breaking the law or not, but um, it's just cool to have them so close. It's great to, to, to do life together, and I absolutely love their heart for people. Don't you love that? Yes. absolutely love that, that, they, that they're taking God's call over their life Amen. serious, and it's a joy to serve alongside them. Uh, greetings from the Tavares family. Uh, my family is big, but it's finished. No more babies, praise God. Um, so uh, that's a picture of my wife, Elizabeth, my beautiful Elizabeth, and then my oldest is Isabella. She's the analytical one. A few weeks ago, she asked my wife, so if Adam and Eve were the first family, who did their sons marry? To which my wife said, ask your father. Just, just can you ask your father? Uh, Bethany is my second oldest. She is our athletic one. She does flips and cartwheels and everything. My only son, his name is Lucas, and he's a professional at Legos. It's, it's, you know, he's, he's great. You know, but he's also a genius because in the last seven days, we've been, we've been going to church early to pray, and he's been filling out these, uh, these prayer cards he puts his name, Lucas, and he, and he puts a different Lego set. And he's, he has like seven different cards across all the loca- like across my whole, uh, our whole location. And he's a genius, but now, because now like the prayers that we're praying for these prayer requests, they're multiplied with his prayer requests. Like it's like, he's getting like double for that, which is, which is great. And then uh, Olivia is our fourth child. She is our charismatic one. I mean, she smiles and she gets away with everything. Uh, it's just... It's just bad. Um, and then our baby is Victoria. We call her Rhea, and that's, uh, that's my family. I absolutely love the fact that we as a church started off the year with, uh, with prayer and fasting. And Pastor Aaron preached a powerful message last week. If you missed it, you can still catch it on YouTube. Make sure to catch that. I know it's going to be a blessing over your life. And many of us filled out a prayer card last week. And here's what I want to say about that. Some of you are, are asking God for something or you're waiting for, for God to show up in a powerful way uh, and you're still praying for it. You're, you're waiting for God to show up. I'm going to encourage you, write down your prayer request here. Amen. We want to pray for you. Our staff wants to pray for you because we believe in the power of prayers. Amen. But, you know, I, I absolutely love the fact that we, in the last few days, we've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer. In the, in the prayer mornings, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer. And this is the final installment of our series, Teach 
me how to pray. I'm excited to jump into it. Before we do, let's pray first. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because your word has authority, has power, and has something to say to our lives. In every different situation we're all in, Lord God, you have something to say. So as we open up your word, may you speak to us in a profound way. We're coming to you in faith, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the church says, amen. amen. All right, so uh, be honest with yourself. Have you ever thought, my prayers aren't being answered? Have you ever felt like when you pray, feels like it's a waste of time. I might as well get on the Peloton. Like nothing's, if, like, I feel like nothing, I don't get anything out of it. Nothing happens. Some of you feel that, man, I, I don't, honestly, to be honest with you, I don't value prayer as I should. Uh, others of you, uh, you're, you're in a place where, where, where you're like, man, I prayed for something not to happen, and it still did, and I don't know how to respond to it. I don't, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know, I don't know what happened. And, and you know, in, in all those church surveys that, they, surveys that they do, at the top of the list are people having questions about prayer. And, you know, we were in good company because the disciples, after seeing Jesus do incredible things, I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle, incredible wonders, they said, ah, that's awesome that all, all, of what all you do, but can you teach us how to pray? Yeah. And then from there, Jesus goes on and teaches them how to pray. He gives them the Lord's Prayer. So what I want to do is I want to focus on the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And I know it's going to be a blessing over your life. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Here's what Jesus says. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Amen. Today, I want to teach on the title, The Power of Relational Prayers. The power of relational prayers. Because sometimes we're like, yeah, I know the Lord's Prayer. I, I memorized it. Uh, but, but oftentimes we pro we're probably missing something very important about it. I, I heard a story of a little boy who goes to his mom and says, Mom, uh, can you tell me where, where I came from? And his mom took a deep breath. And she's like, okay, this is a talk. You guys know the talk. This, this is a talk. She, she got ready. She was prepared, though. She got ready. She sat the little boy down, and uh, she was going through it. She was focused. How many of you parents, you're, you're focused when it comes to the, the talk? You know the talk. She was focused. She was going through it. She, you know, she was using examples and everything. And the boy's eyes, as, as she was explaining, the boy's eyes got big. And, and he, you know, he kind of had a, a few confusing expressions. And he's like, okay. He was on the edge of his seat. I mean, his, his mom did a great job with the talk. And after she was done, she felt accomplished. She felt, all right, I'm glad I got this over with. And then the little boy comes to his mom and says, okay, thank you, mom. I was just wondering because my friend Tommy said he's from Ohio. You see, she didn't completely catch where her son was coming from. And my prayer is that we don't do that with the Lord's Prayer. We don't assume one thing and, and miss out on the most important thing about it. And so, it, you know what it reminds me of? Because prayer is communication. I mean, yeah. prayer is communication. And some of you communicate via text message. And it's like texting God.
It's like texting God, and, and you, you've prayed to God, and, and, and you feel like, yeah, I know, I know the message is delivered because that, it says delivered. <laughs> I know I prayed that prayer two weeks ago. I, I know I prayed that prayer two years ago, but for some reason, it just, God is not, God's not, he's not showing up. But I, I know I delivered that message. He, his phone might, he might have left his phone in the car. Like, he, he, his, his battery probably died. That's, that's, maybe, maybe he's just too busy. And that's what we think, that God is too busy for us. And so that's why we don't, hey, I already sent him one message. I'm not going to, I'm going to wait for that, for him to respond. Others of us reach out to God. And it, and it doesn't show, what is it? It shows red. So we feel that when we pray, we feel like, oh, not only did I deliver it, but I know that God read my message. Well, why isn't he, why isn't he showing up in, in your life? Why has, well, maybe he's a little indecisive. He's trying to figure out what angle to come into my life. He's, he, he, he's trying to figure that out. Maybe, maybe he's dealing with something else. And that's what we think. We feel that God is dealing with something else. He's read our message. You know how you do. Like, you, you get a text message, you read it, you're like, uh, n- let me not respond. But they know that you read it. And, and, and that's how we feel sometimes. Maybe God, he's, he's dealing with something else, but I know he rather read it. Others of us, we talk to God. And it's delivered, it's read. Oh, he's, he's typing. He's, he's taking a little long to type. How many know the longer the text message, the more aggressive it might be? And that's how we feel when we come before God in prayer. Some of us feel that God is mad at me for something that I did. And that's why he hasn't responded because he's, he's mad. And you know what? Truth be told, I'm actually ashamed of what I did. And when I go to God in prayer, that shame just builds up. And if you're in that place, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Others of you, reach out to God. Whoa, it's green. So if you feel like it's green, that means you got the wrong number. Because we all know what kind of phone our Lord would have. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the biggest mistake that we make when it comes to prayer is, is that we just see it as a tool. It's a tool for me to succeed. It's a tool for me to get the promotion. It's a tool for this eHarmony date to go well. Like, it, it, it's a tool for me to go to the next tax bracket next week. It's a tool. It's just a tool for me. But what if it's not just a tool? What if it's more? I love what, a, what, a, what an evangelist said about prayer, Oswald Chambers. Here's what he said. He said, prayer does not fit us for the great work. Prayer is the great work. 
And I have to confess to you, I'm going to be honest with you, for many years, I approached prayer from the wrong place. And I would have loved, I would have loved to just slow down in the Lord's Prayer to catch the first line of it. So I want to share it with you. The first thing, relational prayers are sharp in faith. In the book of Mark, we see Jesus, I mean, he is on the move. He is productive and effective. He's doing miracle after miracle after miracle. Mark chapter 1, Jesus heals a man. And he heals other people with different diseases. Mark chapter 2, he heals a paralytic. Mark chapter 3, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. Mark chapter 4, he shows his authority over nature. He calms a storm. Mark chapter 5 is very productive because Jesus not only casts out a demon from a man, he, he also heals a woman and he brings a little girl back to life. That's a pretty, that's a pretty productive chapter. Mark chapter 5, speed bump. Something happens. The Bible says that Jesus was in his hometown and he wasn't able to do many miracles there. What? Yeah. Why? The Bible shows us. It says in verse 3 of chapter 6, he says, And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He was surprised that they didn't believe. Oh, let us not be surprised. Let us not be, let us not have unbelief. Let us not surprise Jesus that way to where, where we come to prayer and he's just surprised. Man, I, you, don't feel, you don't believe that this could happen yep. when you come to me in prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll have to tell you, in my past prayer life, I approached God in a way as if I was attending a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my boss. <laughs> I was like, you know, you know how when you go and do your annual review, you're like, oh, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I, I approach prayer that way. And, and here's the thing. I was approaching it. I tried to figure why, why that was, why I was approaching prayer that way, why I was approaching God that way. And it was this. It was because I was seeing him through a filter of shame, through the mistakes that I've made, through the things that I was ashamed of, through the things that, oh man, I, I just, I, and, I, and I felt nervous just coming before God because he knows every single thing about me and I'm so ashamed of what I've done in the past. But something changed and I'll, and I'll tell you what changed for me. Belief in justification by faith alone Amen. in Christ. All right, so where, where does that mean? Well, it's actually in scripture, Galatians 2.16. Let me share it with you. It says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be what? justified. No one will be justified. You might have had a good resume. People might think you're, you're the hot stuff. You're great. You're awesome. But, but let me tell you, you know your mistakes more than anybody else does. You know you're not all great and awesome. And Jesus sees all that. God sees all that. But he died for you. 
He died for all those mistakes that you're ashamed of. He's died for, for all those things that you're like, uh, I don't, I, I'm not too proud of this. And so instead of me going before God as a boss, I started to learn to go before God as my father, my heavenly father, not because of how badly I performed, but because of how perfect he is. And I wrote it down this way. God is honored most when he's the one you trust in the most. Oh, you want to honor God, trust him the most. In fact, faith is basically saying, I am not enough. I can't perform enough. I don't have enough skills. I, 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 I didn't go to the, to the best schools. I, I, don't, I don't know enough, but I'm going to rely on God because he is enough. So I wrote it down this way when it comes to, this is a sub point. It's not on your notes. Relational prayers are sharp in faith because they cut through the shame of our past so that we can rely on the work of our Christ. Amen. Praise God for that. I remember a story that a friend of mine uh, shared with us, and, and she was in the car in an SUV, and in an SUV, and they had to swerve, and all of a sudden, the, just, the SUV just started tumbling, just started tumbling. And while it was tumbling, she just called out to God as a child were to, were to call out to her father. Yep. And all of a sudden, the car stopped tumbling, stopped rolling. And after the accident, the person driving behind them said, hey, listen, I, I, I saw it all happen. I don't know how that car stopped rolling because it, it was supposed to roll three or four times, but it must have been divine intervention that stopped it from rolling. And what could have been a fatal accident, all of them walked away from it because a little girl called out to her heavenly father. Come on, can we get a praise for that? Can we worship him for that? Praise God. And so here's what Jesus has to say about that. He said, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. If you have faith. Second point I want to share with you is relational prayers are short in length. You didn't think that would be one of my points, did you? Short in length. When the disciples came to Jesus, they asked him, teach us how to pray. Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer, only 56 words. Hannah, she couldn't have babies. She prayed a 52-word prayer, and God gave her a son. David prayed 10 words, and God made a way for him to rescue his people from, in 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Peter prayed a one-sentence prayer, and, and, and God caused a man to start walking. Habakkuk prayed 33 words and brought the power of God over a people. Elijah prayed 64 words, and fire fell from heaven. Hezekiah prayed 38 words, and God added 15 years to his life. And Jabez prayed 30 words, and God blessed him, enlarged his territory, and kept him from harm and pain. But why? Why is it that short prayers are powerful prayers in Scripture? Why is that? I'll tell you why, because God is more impressed with your honesty than your eloquence. He just is. Trying to persuade God won't work 
This is God we're talking about. Trying to be wordy and sophisticated won't work. This is God we're talking about. He knows your past. He knows your mistakes. He knows your family. He knows your friends. He knows everything about you. All you can do is just be honest with your heavenly father. And I'll say this. Short in word, not in time. Because I don't want anybody to come to me next week and say, Pastor, I prayed a 15-second prayer, and I'm ready for the next five years. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Yeah. I'll tell you what I mean. When Elizabeth and I go out to date, go out on a date night, I, I don't have an 800-word essay prepared to express to her how I feel. She might. <laughs> but just play. But I, I don't. You know what? I'm just honest with her. You know Why? because this is not an introduction. We have a relationship. She knows me, I know her, and I reach out to her, she reached out to me. Like, we're, we're doing life together. That's right. It's short, because we've already had that intimacy. We've already been connected. So good. I remember in 2020, in the beginning of 2020, we, we bought a home, and uh, we moved into it. And it had been sitting on the market for a while, and we bought it and moved into it. And then uh, I got a letter from my home insurance company. And they said, listen, we can't, we can't insure your home because of how old your roof is. And so we were hit with that unexpected expense. And then, boom, COVID happened. And everybody was confused. Everybody. We didn't know what to expect. And then on top of that, uh, our refrigerator goes out. And then on top of that, our homeowners association sends us letters because it had been sitting on the market for so long, the grass in the, in the front lawn in the backyard had overgrown. It looked like a forest. And we were getting letters from our homeowners association about that. Oh, you're going to get a fee, et cetera. And then on top of that, Elizabeth and I got COVID. And, and we had to be quarantined in our bedroom. And then my, my mother-in-law moved in to take care of the kids while we were quarantined in, into our bedroom. And and it was just overwhelming. And in, in a moment of, of being overwhelmed and frustrated, Elizabeth prayed this prayer. She said, God, I just need you to intervene on my behalf. Amen. Before we knew it, there was a knock on the door. It was the long guy, the guy that cuts everybody's lawn in the street. He said, hey, listen, I, uh, I'd like to cut your lawn for free. And I said, hey, listen, uh, no, thank you. Because um, you know how, they, I thought it was a soliciting tactic. You know, like, before you know it, you're in a subscription. They're like, oh, man, how did I get signed up for this? And, and I was like, no, thank you. He's like, no, no, you, this has never happened before, but God told me I need to take care of your lawn. And uh, he said, um, not just cut it, I need, to, I need to buy sod for it. I need to prepare it completely. While that was happening, I had the repair guy inside my home trying to fix my refrigerator. Uh, and he came out and he said, uh, Mr. Tavares, I, I, I can't fix your refrigerator. You're going to have to replace it. Uh, and by the way, here's my bill. And, and I guess the long guy overheard it. He went to this truck. He came to us and said, here's $1,000 cash toward your refrigerator. And it was just a supernatural yeah. answer to our prayers. Yes. And here's, here's, here's what it was. I was trying to rely on my resources to address the challenge, right. while, Jesus, while, while Elizabeth relied on her relationship with Come Jesus. On. And before you know it, everything just, God answered it in a supernatural way. What am I trying to say? Yes. My prayer for you is that you would know 
that God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you about the depression. He wants to hear from you about the relationship. He wants to hear from you about your kids. He wants to hear from you about that thing that you've been struggling with for years and you haven't told anybody about. He wants to get involved. And when I saw God show up in such a powerful way after that prayer that Elizabeth prayed, I told Elizabeth, next time you pray like that, get my prayer list, please. Could you just (laughs) take it with you in that room? See, relational prayers are short in length because it's not a formal presentation, but an ongoing connection to your almighty Father God. Last point is this. Relational prayers are shaped by worshipful relationship. It's worshipful because we're not just coming before a father. We're coming before our heavenly father. Hallowed be his name. You cannot compare that father to any other father that you've ever had experience with because he is perfect, he is almighty, he has no limitations. Hallowed be his name. And I wrote it down like this when it comes to prayer. Prayer is more about a relationship than a request. When you go to prayer, yes, you might have requests, but when you go to prayer, come from a place of relationship to where you see your heavenly father as a member of a family, like that, right. that you are a member of his family. When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment of all? Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You know what he didn't say? You shall pay the Lord your God. He didn't say you shall produce for the Lord your God. He didn't say you shall perform for the Lord your God. He said you shall love. He used a relational term to let you know what's most important in our lives. And we come, when we come before God, we have to come before him as if we're a part of his family. I love this. I want to share a a prayer. It's it's a prayer from your Bible, Ephesians chapter 3. Paul writes down this prayer. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Pray from a place of relationship rather than request. You know, God doesn't want us to be more excited about what he can provide than about he himself. You gotta be excited when you come before God. I remember it was, it was when Elizabeth was pregnant with our fourth child, Olivia. And, you know, we had already had three, three kids, so we're like, oh, we know, we know the rhythm. We know the flow. And we go to this doctor appointment, and the doctor said, listen, there's, there's a problem with the baby. Baby has a growth restriction, and he gave us a, a big name for it. It was, it was called intrauterine growth restriction. Which, which basically means that the child would develop anencephaly. Now, anencephaly, what it is, it's an underdeveloped brain, and it's an incomplete skull that the baby would be born with. 
And on top of that, the baby would be, the baby would be blind. And I have to be honest, I didn't know how to take, I didn't know how to take that news. It was so heavy. It was like when you go, when you go to the gym with your friend and your friend lifts way more than you, and you're like, you know what, let me try that. And you, and you go and then you try to lift it up and, and then you just throw it, throw it back. That's what I did spiritually. As soon as I felt the weight, I was just, I didn't tell you at the time, I was crumbling at the weight. Like it was, it was too much. And I just reached out to God, God, this is your daughter first. She's yours. You got this. And you know what was the most difficult part was the waiting. One day to the next, one week to the next, one month to the next. You know how you have these crazy imaginations and Google doesn't help at all. And it was, it was indescribable. It came to her birth and she was born. She defied the diagnosis of the doctors. She outgrew her diagnosis. She's perfectly healthy. She's fine. Here's a picture of her. You know, they said that she would be blind. She has the biggest eyes out of all of my kids, seeing everything now. And here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that you were not meant to carry that weight. Just give it to God. The weight that you've been carrying, that you've been crumbling under, just give it to God. He can take that weight of your marriage. He can take the weight of your kids. He can take the weight of your health. He can take the weight of your mental health. He can take the weight of something that you've, you've made it a part of your personality or who you are. No, no, that's not you. He can take the weight. He can get involved. And God can do way more than what you can do. Come on, can we give God a praise for that? The miracle wasn't, her, wasn't just her health. It was, it was also that I felt like I was, a, I was a little toddler just holding on to the hands of my heavenly father through that difficult time. And I wanna to speak to a specific group of people here where you're like, that's cool, that's great. It happened to you, pastor, awesome. And you know what, it might happen to people sitting around me. Uh, but all I know is I prayed for something to happen and it didn't. And you know what? I love this prayer card, that's cool, but I, I can't pray for it anymore because it's, uh, it's too late. It's too late because that family member never got healed. It's too late because that spouse never came back. It, it's, it's too late because that diagnosis, I still have. I'm still sick, and guess what? I'm in pain right now. It's too late because that person still died. It's too late for my miracle. It's too late for my miracle. And, it, and I'm going through a difficult time. And I went through a mess. You have no idea how I feel. You're right. I'm not going to pretend to know how you feel. But I, but I wouldn't want you to miss the biggest miracle of all because you tripped over a mess. And you can't come before your Heavenly Father the right way. Because all you see is, ah, he didn't come through there, so I can't. I'm, I, I have, I, I'm angry at God. I'm frustrated. I don't even want to come before him. All I know is a few weeks ago, I got a call. I, an old Bible teacher friend of mine um, had this 
very severe illness. And, you know, we prayed. My wife and I prayed. My cousins prayed. My friends prayed. Pastors on staff, they, we prayed for her. Pastors in the community, we all prayed for her. She had so many people praying for her health. But a little over a week ago, I was sitting at a church attending her funeral. No miracle. And the question why came up. And here's where God reminded me of. That he saw you and he saw me in our sin completely lost. And God saw that. He said, I, I love them and I want to I wanna connect with them. And, and so his, his, it didn't end there. He not only said, I love you. He said, he said I'm going to send my son, my only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. And Jesus Christ went through unimaginable pain. They hung him on a cross. He put, they put nails through his hands and feet. He went through excruciating pain. In fact, the word excruciating comes from the Latin, which means out of the cross. And Jesus, Jesus saw your sin. He saw what, what you would do yesterday. He saw what you did two years ago. He saw what you're ashamed of even now. And he said, I'm still gonna stay on this cross. And they killed him on the cross. They put him in the tomb. And one day turned to two. But on the third day, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and the Son made a way for us to come before the Father. What am I telling you? The miracle is Christ. Jesus is the miracle for you. He's the miracle for your friend. He's the miracle for your family. He's the miracle for your marriage. He's the miracle for your, for your neighbor. He's the miracle. He is the miracle. Come on, can we stand and worship God? Because Jesus is our miracle. Come on, church, let's worship. I want you to know that God loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life, but sin has separated you from God. But see, God saw that and sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. He conquered sin, death, and the grave. And the Bible declares that whosoever puts their faith in Christ will have eternal life. And if that's you today, 
you want to take that step with all heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to give you that opportunity. At the count of three, just raise your hand as a sign that you are going to take this step and make Jesus Lord and Savior over your life. One, two, three. Raise that hand if you want to accept him as Lord and Savior over your life. Raise that hand. Go ahead and slip your hand back down. Say this prayer with me. The church, we'll all say it with you. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my sins. Today I make you Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate those that made a decision for Christ? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.